Hey guys, welcome to episode 8 of Detroit Dart Talk. We are in the studio today with three people. We've got... Connor McGaffey, Tim Hool, and myself, Eric Shellman. Uh, we are missing Tom because, you know, as usual, missing Tom. But uh, we have a nice set of topics to talk about today. And the first topic is going to be the projects we've been working on. Uh, anyone, any volunteers? You guys have anyone want to talk about what they've been doing? I got a big fat goose egg. Nothing this week. You don't have a goose? Egg? I got nothing. Sorry. Right. Can we cut that? Like, no, we keep rolling. We <laughs> no, keep rolling. We're not cutting that. <laughs> okay. Um, Connor, do you want to talk about it or shall I just like go into it? Projects? Yeah, projects. <laughs> we're going this real cool blaster. No, no. <laughs> just tell us about this blaster you've been working on. I want to hear all about it. Well, basically, I get all, uh, all the, a lot of, just a lot of blasters, mm-hmm. a lot of duct mm-hmm. tape, mm-hmm. just kind of wrap them around mm-hmm. and. Make mm-hmm. a sling out of duct tape, and mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. Uh, and you guys will never see it because <laughs> it's, it's be, so top secret. So top secret. It's yeah. John Cena's blaster. It, it's so it. <laughs> it's so top secret that Nerf banned you from having it here. Yeah, it's illegal. Yeah, we don't want anything to do with that. I'll just I'll go ahead and do a little quick thing for me. Um, I was gone uh, for the last week, so but what I have been working on is I've spent a lot of time dialing in uh, trying to dial in the material PETG for 3D printing. It's polyethylene triglycerides. I don't know what it stands for, but it's a, it's a difficult material to print because it's pretty, um, pretty ooze, it oozes and has sort of, it's very sticky. So it has a problem with sticking to the nozzle that it comes out of, and also the ooze can stick and cause problems with um, blobs and globs and just dragging across your print. and. Um, so I, I spent uh, I spent about two days trying to get it dialed in, uh, so that because I really wanted to print the blaster shop parts from PETG because it has more heat resistance. So it's better than PLA uh, in terms of heat resistance, and it is more flexible than PLA. So it'll if you were to give it like a certain amount of force, it would break sooner than PLA, but it can take more impact. So it has t- it has toughness, which is really nice for something you're playing with. Um, Nerf uses ABS, which is also a really nice material, but ABS requires uh, an enclosure because it's very sensitive to changes in temperature, and also uh, it it has a uh, a good resistance to heat, but uh, smells really bad. So you have to be really careful when you print it, uh, and the people who do print it have limited color selections on top of that. So just a tough material to work with. Um, but I've I've spent so much time on. It. I got a I got five. I uh, made a, five scar barrels that you can print on one print bed at once, and I got it to work great. I was so happy. It took like 20 hours to print them all, and um, that was that was like super exciting. And that's just the, the black part that I was printing, so the inner sleeve of the barrel. And so I went to do another round of them because I wanted to, you know, get I wanted to get about 20 ready. And I woke up in the morning, and it had layer shifted like five, six hours into the print. And I was like, oh, man, so it blew a couple dollars in material. And uh, it was just so disappointing because it's like, how do I fight that? And the the Prusa 3D printer has layer shift recovery. If there's a crash, it's supposed to recover itself. And every time I've seen a crash happen, because I've seen it, I've actually been there for it to happen. And every time it happens with PLA, it fixes itself perfectly. But when it crashes in PETG, something that I don't understand, maybe something to do with the, the higher temperatures, I, that would just be speculation, it doesn't return to the same spot and results in a layer shift. So every time it crashes, you have a guaranteed layer shift when printing with PETG. 
and it just looks like crap. So I can't sell those parts. And it made me realize like, if I'm going to have to wait these 20 hours at a time, um, to, to see if it works or not, it, the material might not be the material for me, even though I've dialed it in to be as good as possible. It's not perfect. I would consider using Prusament PETG just because the printer has the right settings built in for that and the quality of the material is such that it seems to work pretty well since they print their printer parts out of it with good results. But this Hatchbox material that I'm using, I just can't I just can't make it work. It it just layer shifts all the dang time. Um, and I finally thought I got it dialed out, but no luck. Did you want to throw something in there, Tim? I was going to ask what uh, material oh. you're thinking of going to if you go. Oh, I thought you were flicking me off. No, okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd probably just a PLA. I would love to do ABS, um, but I'm building the. I'm working on building the enclosure um, actually right now. Ah. But are you doing the IKEA hack? Yes, for sure. Because Prusa came out with all the pieces you need that you can print uh, to make the IKEA hack oh, nice. table, and it looks really professional, and I like that nice quality product so they uh they they do make that all the files available for free with that but i you know one of the things for blaster shop is we want high quality prints products materials so i think it makes sense to move to abs um but you know for now it might it's going to have to be pla just because there's no reliability on the current on the hatchbox material that i'm using maybe i should try a different material but how many different materials should i try if anybody has a recommendation go ahead and shoot it out to us because or to me because uh i'm struggling with this material uh to have any sort of consistent results and if i can't trust it then i can't produce parts and people are unhappy and then you end up like holdster who has a two-month delay and doesn't respond so don't want to be like that (laughs) love you guys your product's really cool but yeah that that's rough that two months is better than somebody that over in uh where are they singapore jet Oh yeah, it's not. They're not Jet Blaster for sure. They're still in the community. I'm sure they they have a real life because you know they can't sell holsters and make up for their entire you know their job or whatever their job may be. Right. But uh, at the same time, they need to figure out a way to get production up because the demand is already there, clamoring for their product. So I don't know. Don't know what the answer is. It's a fairly simple part to injection mold, so maybe they should consider that. Mm-hmm. And then they can have tons of them. Better quality too possibly they print an abs so oh, okay um abs is injection molding they would AB, probably injection mold abs as well but then they could bring the cost down significantly anyways um i guess i'll keep going unless connor wants to talk some more <laughs> um i did some testing on the scar barrel uh basically i was using tom's blaster uh his sledge fire and i got kind of uh I don't know, I got a little bit nervous thinking like it works on my blaster, but it doesn't work on his blaster. And then I realized his blaster was shooting like 110 feet per second. So I took it home, did some chrono testing, and it's like, ah, that's why. <laughs> so that made me feel better. Um, been just testing, dialing it in, making sure that it actually works. You know, I want to make sure that it works for various types of blasters. And it's, you know, not just my particular situation where the scar barrel works. And so um, I've pretty much convinced myself at this point that yes, it is functional. It does make a big difference. Uh, even, you know, on varying blasters. It doesn't really work at low FPSs, which is why I was confused with Tom's blaster. Good news is that it didn't actually slow the dart down. Um, FPS readings averaged about the same with the scar barrel um, as opposed to without the scar barrel, but it did bring the average closer, which I thought was pretty cool. Hmm. Um, that was just a fun little thing I've been doing on, been uh, working on. So, yeah. Tim, why don't you tell us about uh, 
the recent Nerf events you've attended slash moderated. Uh, well, <laughs> we had another uh, Club Z13 event uh, last weekend, mm-hmm. and uh, not as many as our um, our largest event. We had, I think, not 20, a bad thing. No, I think we had twenty four, but we did have some seasoned veterans from the HVZ community uh, come up this time, which was really cool. Uh, Buff Daddy Nerf joined us. Uh, we had. Mm-hmm. Dan Tidwell, who's uh, from Outbreak Eastern over at Eastern Michigan University. Mm-hmm. And we also had the guys from Yellow Team down in Fort Wayne come up and join us. So that was really cool because we were actually uh, seeing some faces from the HVZ community at large, which, uh, I don't know, that, that's a measure of success in my in my yeah, mind. Yeah, those, those guys were really cool. And they brought a lot of variety with them. Yeah. You know, yeah. in terms of play, blasters, everything. Yeah. I've talked about them a couple of times on the podcast because they're the guys with the 900-round nemesis. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't use it all the time. You know, they have other blasters in their repertoire that they they switch in, switch out. So, Did you get to see this, Connor? This- yeah. Um, I actually have a little clip of it on the last YouTube video so you guys can see what it looks like. It's impressive. It looks like a scuba tank. It does, yeah. like two of them mounted on the sides. What are they, two giant PVC... It's it's entirely three D printed. It looked, really, it yeah. looked like PVC until you get close. I thought it was they bought big tubes. Yeah, I know three D printed. Dang, so That's pretty sweet. They actually have two of them, but one I guess um, started to melt on the way home from uh, BG Undead a couple months ago. Oh. So they've got to get replacement parts for it. Oh man, yeah. At, at one hundred and fifty a pop. That's, That's why uh, I don't want to use PLA. Yeah, Ugh, so. PLA. Um, um, so those things can just melt in your car. If it's really hot, yeah. yeah. It needs to be, like, really hot, though. Um, the problem is the more they weigh, so the material softens. And so if the part itself, like this hopper, has a lot of weight to it, all that weight is going to start to bend and flex the parts. Yeah, and then when it cools down, it stops flexing, mm-hmm. and then you're stuck. Yep. Yikes. Yeah. PLA, I don't know. Personally, I mean, it's nice that we accept PLA in this hobby because it allows more people to get their ideas out there and to actually, like, get products out. Because the initial investment for any sort of injection molding is very high. And then the learning curve is very high. Um, the Aurora cage, I don't know if you guys have seen that. Yeah. Um, but Brett Brett bought one. Uh, one of the guys in our group here, he bought one and brought it into the, um, to the event. And it looked fine. Like, it's got some stress marks, which is, I didn't, I didn't think it was that bad. You know, it's like, okay, a perfect injection mold won't have those. But it had these stress marks. But the thing that really kind of like that surprised me is there in the guide section, there's a notch. So there's actually a, a step um, inside, which which I believe is from the way that they have to uh, have the pins in the mold or basically the negative of the mold that you know, determines where the plastic flows. Um, the pins come in from each side and they must not have lined up correctly on this one. So there's a, a little notch, and you can catch it with your fingernail if you stick your finger inside the uh, the, the guide. And that's hmm. that's not great. I uh, wonder how consistent that is across di- various Aurora cages. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's certainly not going to be a big deal. Might be a big. It might have a problem with uh, Accufakes, which are like with some more squared off edges. Uh, or the Adventure Force waffles. Maybe those look a little more rounded, but I'm not sure. Maybe not. Yeah, yeah, maybe with the Adventure Force waffles. I'm not sure. Yeah, I heard that too. Um, I don't know. So that that was one of those things, like, that he branched off into doing injection molding, and there's a problem, you know. But 
it's not it's not a deal breaker and it's certainly better than the stuff we've had before but at the same time i don't know what his initial investment was but he must have spent a significant amount of money on the investment for those flywheel cages because to get the price to a reasonable point you have to buy a thousand or something like this did did he do that himself i i was under the impression that he designed it and then monkey mods sourced the production of it i don't know what the partnership looks like okay would be interesting to find out i'd love to talk to him i i bet sam knows because he's sam's pretty good friends with phil so mm-hmm. he... okay yeah he was referencing him the other day in our uh, chat talking about flywheel stuff i don't know it'd be an interesting story i'd love to hear it we don't have that story for you but hopefully we can bring it to you in the future because i think he's going in the right direction you know you're going to have some issues he's got the first um hobby you know i would say outside of a larger company like worker the first hobby grade injection molding done right there and mad props to him because that's that's something yeah. difficult to figure out really difficult to figure out yeah even harder than you know getting a cnc aluminum cage done absolutely yeah because i mean you just i don't know it's a different world you got it people do that and that's what they do their whole life seems like everybody and their brother has a cnc aluminum cage at this point yeah they're not easy to make. I mean, I'll tell you what, like, if you look at the cages, and another thing about Nerf products in general is they all may sound the same, but when you look at them, the quality of the various parts really, there is a difference. Even when someone says an aluminum cage, I've seen a few now up close where the actual running surface for the darts is super rough. It's like, it's just terrible. Like, I have a worker cage, and the actual dart guide is nasty. Um, they did not do a good job of machining that particular um, region of it, but it should be smooth. It needs to be smooth. Like that's a quality part. And you don't know that. You see a picture of it and you're like, oh, that looks good. And then you get it and it's like, maybe you notice that part, maybe you don't. But for it to function well, you're going you're gonna to have to have a nice smooth bore there and you're going to pay more for it. But people may not understand what those extra dollars translate into for their final product until the marketing catches up to sort of show people why they're paying more for it right i'm trying to remember what my artifact red cage was like before i brassed it i don't know <laughs> I, that that would solve any of your issues is to brass your cage yeah for sure and i think that's why heston systems does the brassing um or maybe a reason why they do it yeah and the only person i know that has a heston is uh shattuck nate mm-hmm. and he had a lot of issues with his did he yeah now i don't know if that was something that he did or if it was something on that cage in specific or if it's something with the design but uh nate's been in the hobby for a while so i would tend to think he knows what he's doing i don't know when it comes down to it it seems like every company has issues you just don't hear about it that's i don't know like you hear about you hear about worker issues all the time or complaints about them because they are bigger so people expect them to be a better product but all the hobby grade thing all the hobby grade companies i've I've had some issue in one way or another with every company I've dealt with. Nothing, it does, not necessarily major. It, it's like, you know, I've gotten the wrong part. So I ordered a particular color of something and I got the wrong color delivered. Like, not a big deal. You can forgive it because it's a hobby grade company. Uh, you know, I've, I've gotten the wrong finish on, basically the wrong, um, wasn't printed right on something. But, you know, you got to clean up the parts yourself in the fine print of 3D printed parts, you have to clean up the parts yourself. It always says it there, make sure that it functions, but a normal product, people don't think about that. You don't right. have to clean up a regular a regular item yourself. But when it comes to these 
sort of our hobby grade companies, there's a lot of little sort of things that people don't report on and people do forgive because of the size of the company where you might get negative reviews in another situation. Have you, uh, have you gotten any, uh, like resin cast parts like Biggs NC or? I have not. His do say cleanup required as well. They They do say that. Um, but I have not actually ordered some. I would love to. I I really want a set of the orange Raven, the Mm. transparent orange Raven stuff. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of his stuff, but I, I guarantee you just like if you buy a resin cast hobby grade kit for any movie prop you got to clean it up yourself it, it never comes perfect there's yeah. some work to make it look I, nice. I had to do that with my hammer shot scales and it, it took a lot of work mm-hmm. before they got smooth and, and uniform and the reason is labor is expensive you know the, if you're a one-man person running a company or a two-person company you don't have the time and no one's going to pay for you to clean up the product you know, you're, this guy, you know, Biggs is casting these parts. Like, the time it would take him to clean up the edges, people are not going to pay for that. Right. Him to run the company and clean up parts, there's just not a market there for that time that it takes. People aren't going to pay for don't want to pay for that. So, I don't know. We we got a bit far off. Yeah, we, yeah, uh, we started <laughs> talking about Z13 and ended up on casting parts. Yeah, we do talk about Z13 quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but it's also the big thing in the wintertime right now. Yeah. So... Yeah. So, um, did you want to talk about that? We have a lot of Z13 to talk about. I'd love to hear about Connor coming in late to Z13 because he was actually doing real work and, you know, running a business. And he sort of like saw the end of it and had some fun video. Yeah. No, I'm glad I was able to catch the end of it and get something in there. Um, but yeah, I had a, a group I was running. So I missed 90% of it, but it sounded like it was a good turnout and went smoothly. It sounded like yeah. it was. Honestly, Quick this, action this one and stuff. was smooth as butter. Love it. It it it, uh, it almost didn't feel like, you know, any work. It was just it it happened. It was nice. magic. It seemed like there was a lot of faces I didn't recognize too. Yeah, well, there were the five guys from Fort Wayne. That was Yellow Team. Okay, yep, I and met them. Buff Very Daddy nice guys. Was wearing the Captain America yep. jersey, and then uh, Dan Tidwell, the guy from Eastern, um, he was just wearing a hoodie or something. Okay, um, but then. Trying to think who else. There was there was the young guy that the, he fifteen year old or so. He was like there last time too. Yeah, and I didn't. I feel like I caught his name the last time, oh, but I missed um, it this time. He comes to open play a lot. Yeah. What is his name? Because I think he was at open play and then he just came over for his. Yeah. Year no, too. I know exactly what you're talking about. You can see Blanking his progression. Um, oh really? Yeah. In this event, like so, he came with a strife this time. And I don't know if it was modified at all, but yeah. he came with just a strong arm last time or something. Strong arm and a. Maverick. No, yeah, it was a Maverick, not a strong arm, and then uh, like a reflex or a pocket shot or mm-hmm. something. And yeah. Then, yeah, this time he had the strife, and he had a 35 drum and a couple 18s and a couple 12s. So he definitely learned from his first time, and you can see him. So I, I don't think it'll be long before he starts asking us about modding his strife. Yeah. He was he modded his Maverick, so he's growing. It's kind of cool. Like It's cool to see him actually interested in learning about it because he wanted to mod the Maverick towards the end of the night rather than play the last game. And so he borrowed a screwdriver from me and he borrowed some pennies from someone and he did a he did a penny mod. That's why there's pennies all over the place. Oh, are there, there pennies? Yeah, oh, yeah. there's like, uh, not all over the place, but I'm like, yeah, I, what are these pennies? Yeah. <laughs> just, people yeah. just drop them. That's old change, school. but Yeah, he was penny modding the uh, Maverick, which I thought was pretty cool because he's, I don't know, he's not that old. I don't know. I'm old. He's not old. Um, but he was doing all these old school things. And honestly, there's a lot of fun in old school modding. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, that's where a lot of us have started. That's that was my first mod was a penny mod on a Maverick, and, and then Dude. the dropout <laughs> mod for the cylinder. It's so cool. I haven't done the dropout dropout mod, but I did. Uh, my first mod was the regulator. I modded the regulator to take a worker oblique cage with fang revamps, metal <laughs> wheels, <laughs> and maintain the whole select fire system. But that was because I had experience in making things beforehand. Gotcha. I, I did the I did the scout mod and the scout mod was just so satisfying. There's something so beautifully mechanical about modifying an old school blaster. Just taking some plumber's tape, some hot glue, finding a spring in a bin and, and a stacking a, a stacking a couple pennies behind a spring, like Yeah, it's, it's not, pretty great. Not kit bashing like we do these days. No, no. It was it was I love that. I think it's super fun. It's it's yeah. in fact even I would say not maybe more rewarding but more soothing. Less stress behind it. Speaking of kit bashing, did you see Gavin Fuzzy's new prophecy? The gear no. up, the gear up prophecy? No, I totally missed oh, that. Oh yeah. It's on Facebook I think right now. It's gorgeous. Let me see if I can find a picture of it. Okay. That's fine. Um Connor, you had all these games this weekend. You have any takeaways from your your busiest weekend in your entire history? Oh, one second. I think a customer. Oh, never mind. We're good. A customer's dropping by in a few minutes. I have to give a package. But, oh, um, okay, that's fine. No, we're, we're all good. But yes, uh, yes, we uh, had our busiest week, uh, and it was just Thursday through Sunday. So four days we had. What well, we figured with ZON three, it comes out to twenty five groups. So yeah, it was crazy. So uh, Thursday and Friday, I just ran those groups. Those were pretty long days, and then. Uh, Saturday and Sunday, I had the help of uh, my DDC staff, and they really stepped up. Um, I ran some games, too, and those were just long days. And uh, mm-hmm. Sunday, when the two clock groups came in, I just had everyone run those, and I crashed <laughs> hard, and then I was like, you guys got this. You just <laughs> and, needed the day. It took off, yeah. yeah. But we had some like big groups, and we had some you know logistics where you get a little stressed, where it's like, all right, let's make sure from this time to this time we gotta make sure we clean quick and mm-hmm. get ready for the groups and but it was good everyone seemed like i had a good time it was good positive feedback i was pretty pumped um it was a good feeling and um and a few people will watch the youtube channel which is kind of cool you get some kids and some parents uh a dad and his kids came in i think it was saturday and they say they they're repeat customers but they're like we watch your channel together we love it uh just congratulations thanks for having us i'm like well thanks for coming yeah right (laughs) (laughs) but yeah no it's it's it was just a good feel good weekend and uh got some rest on monday and tuesday and so i'm refreshed regrouped and ready for another busy weekend you do have another busy one coming up yeah so i think we have um uh i gotta check but it's it's another busy one saturday and sunday over 20 no. Uh, this week, um, I think we have around 20 groups this week. Yeah, um, right. So I have uh, groups, same like last week, Thursday and one Friday. And then um, Saturday, I think we got, let's see, five, seven. Uh, so Saturday, we have eight groups. And Sunday, we have, I got to check, but it's um You it's have a lot. lot. <laughs> we have a lot, yeah. And uh, yeah, so. Eight be, groups. On Saturday, yeah. Yeah, dang. So that's like full booking. Well, maybe uh, not full, full booking. Full booking is like um, 10. So that's um, three elevens, three two o'clocks, three fives, and then one eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. Plus your open play, right? Uh, plus open play, yeah. yeah. And Sunday is the most you can do is two eleven or three elevens, three two o'clocks, three fives. We don't do any 8 p.m.s until we start doing the competitive play. Yeah, which that'll be... be 
That'll be interesting to see how many people come out on a eight o'clock on a Sunday. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. The hardcore people. Yeah. (laughs) Because the guys who were here this weekend, they're going to travel for that. Oh, are they? Nice. And it's a couple hour drive for them to get back. So yeah, yeah they're going like to be four hour drive or something. I don't know. Said. It was too many. It was too many for me. It was yeah. like three and a half hours. Three and I think. a quarter to Fort Wayne. It's dedication. Yeah. yeah, that's that's serious nerf life right there. Yeah, they were good guys. Like we want to go. Yeah, very and, nice. uh, That was the thing we talked about a little bit. Is we'd love to go on some events with them in the future because they could. They're on the way to a lot of other events or are near other events. Yeah, I nice. can't remember who I was talking to, but he also was very keen on being a potential guest on our show oh really yeah oh okay i missed that yeah he's like yeah whatever good. you want we'll good 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 we so. you know it's not that we we have people who've said they want to be guests we just haven't had enough podcasts to do the guests right so a little a little inside for you guys what we are trying to do right now is we try to do two episodes at a time um, we try and do a guest episode we try and do a sort of a general catch-up episode um, that allows us to live our normal lives uh <laughs> which by the way Today is Eric's birthday, his 30th birthday. So this episode and the following episode will still be his birthday. So This is crazy, right? Yeah, so say happy birthday. In the We took a picture of a little cake with him, so that will <laughs> guarantee be posted. Say happy birthday to Eric in your five-star review. Five stars. <laughs> if you guys hate that we do that, let us know in your five-star review. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, I did want to touch on one thing before we hit our main topic, uh, and then we'll we'll hit our main topic kind of hard. Um, we tried, you know, no, know what? We're going to talk about it in the next episode. Um, the next episode does segue into this nicely, so I'll let you guys know so you're not left hanging, but we're going to talk about our attempt and failure at live streaming and the implication and the logistics behind that, what that all means. We're going to talk about that further in our next episode with our extra special guest. So let's talk about today's topic. Uh, assembled in front of us, we have every type of dart we could find in the dart club bins, which is quite a few. It's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 17 distinct dart types. Now, if you wanted to count all the different types of rival ammo, it would go up from there. But the actual uh, <laughs> the actual amount of ammo variety in there is just crazy because when you have z13 events and you have kids bringing their own blasters um every you know anything fits so it just go, it just you know all gets mixed together we even have one half length worker dart so without a head without a head the head got blown off <laughs> but honestly this is a pretty good sampling of pretty much everything i've seen since starting the hobby um yeah. tim why don't you just tell us which one your favorite dart is <laughs> I, I don't know. I can wax. Which one is your favorite and which and why? Why is it your favorite? So I I absolutely love uh, a new one uh, on the scene, and that's the Adventure He's Force. <laughs> the Adventure Force or Dart Zone Waffles. And honestly, the reason for that is the glue on the head is just <laughs> superb. I've uh, I've put... Did you get consent for the way that you're handling that dart right now? Because I feel like you need to. All right, I'm putting it down. <laughs> um, I've put some of these through my FDL at least 30 times at this point. I've never popped a single head, ever. And that's impressive. You know, you can you can get away with a waffle tip three, four, five times, and then you start popping the heads. But uh, 20, 30 times, and you never pop a head. And I, and I also have a uh, 42.5 Crush Desolator. And it isn't popping heads in there either. 
So mm-hmm. uh, just, you know, the foam is, is a little bit malleable. It, it takes on impressions from the, the other heads when it's stored in the box, um, but not to the point where it seems to really affect feeding in the magazines. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, definitely my favorite, if for no other reason that they stand up uh, exceptionally well in flywheels. So I thought I heard that they have a slightly tapered head, so they work well in, like, breeches. Uh, it doesn't look because no. I thought you were okay to shoot them out of a caliber. No, I I don't use these in my caliber. Oh, it, it, okay. I, the it, truth it, comes out. Yeah, the same thing happens with uh, the AccuFakes. Right, that's a real Accu. Well, that might be an AccuFake. I don't know. No, real uh, Accu strikes are orange. Are they only uh, orange? Oh, okay. Orange, and you can get them in purple with the Rebel. Mm, all right, on. Okay. So, but yeah, so they don't work because of the scar barrel, the the actual barrel. Yeah, the rubber catches on the. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely shot an Accu Strike out of my caliber, and it lodged itself in the scar barrel and put me out of business. So, yeah. it didn't break the strings or anything, but it just got stuck in there. Yeah, if I let all of the tension off the strings in my caliber, mm-hmm. I can use Accu Fakes. It's one of the things about the Blaster Shop scar barrel that's great because it's so quick adjust. You can either pop the barrel off and shake the dart out, or you can yeah. take the twist out. And the dart will fall right out and then set your twist back to where it was before. I really need to get one from you. Product placement. Yeah, I'm trying to make them. I'm not here. I'm not here enough. I'm hoping for the slow season to be slow. It's supposed to be the slow season right now for work. But all I'm doing is I'm selling stuff to people that isn't Nerf related. (laughs) And I'm not a salesman, you guys. Not at all. I'm an engineer. I'll tell you that, guys. That's all you need to know. But it's a lot of work. Um but we have a. I, I'm going to ask Connor, completely different uh, sort of realm here. What's your favorite Nerf dart? Um, I just do the little Valentine. Um, so, not the AccuFig Valentine. Although sometimes I do. I think I'm getting away from the microphone. Uh, what I'm probably going to end up doing is going every other order, just go back and forth. This way, I know what, how fresh each dart really is. Mm-hmm. Or like. So like for two, the first two weeks of the month, maybe go like the AccuFake Valentine and then the other half. So it's a waffle head, and then what do we call those? A uh, Vauberry, I think yeah, you said. Yeah, I, I think those are the yeah, what? which I understand are that you guys hate these. No, no, they, no, no, the, no. Or the these are the ones we hate. He's pointing oh. to an FVJ full vinyl jacket. So well, these I don't buy though. Y- yeah, no. I think that came out oh, of Z13. Okay, because that is a solid piece of vinyl. I remember when I first opened up, I did use these, and and for your your applications, it wouldn't make a difference. But once you start putting these, that through, these still uh, these still do that. hurt. You get hit in the head with All one right. of these; it's like a solid. But yeah, and then you put that through 130 fps strike. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, you start to. I can see that. It's like knock like people's glasses off. In a pebble stuff. or shooting yeah. pebbles. Um, and honestly. You get uh, a blaster that's got a really high crush cage. It'll actually jam the blaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. But those particular darts, we don't um, we don't allow in our games. Yeah. They just somebody didn't realize. I don't think they really something. allow them in any games, right? Or no. at least like end world. So and these are no... very popular in China. Okay. Um, they they do have a very nice weight ratio, so they tend to be very accurate. Um. One of the guys in our group, and I think this is where this particular one came from, he really likes them because of the weight ratio and the accuracy. But I do remember them performing very well, and yeah. they seem to last pretty well. Yeah. So, I, I mean, mean, what other full length would you shoot out of a breech 
system like a Caliburn or a Prophecy or any sort of sealed breach retaliator? Are you asking Connor or me? You, Tim. Um, what would you shoot if it wasn't an FVJ? In my Caliburn, I tend to prefer the waffle tips, the like the original waffle tips, mm-hmm. um, Little Valentine or uh, uh, Ray Squad. Uh, I yeah. I try to stay away from the E kind ones because those have a little bit thicker foam body, and like I can't use those in my hammer shots with the Gavin Fuzzy cylinders. The extra thickness in the foam, they just you know dribble out the end of the barrel. Right on. Okay. But yeah, Little Valentine or uh, um, Ray Squad waffles are my full length dart of choice for my Caliburn or uh, like my uh, Southeast Slugger Sludge Fire. Something along those lines. See, I keep thinking that I haven't tried it. Honestly, I haven't tried it, but I thought a waffle tip would get stuck in a scar barrel. It's it's tapered enough that it doesn't. And okay. then, you know, I think you mentioned the Adventure Force waffle uh, is too thick, just like the um, the Accu fakes, the uh, Precise Pro darts, which I really like. The glue on these heads are really good too, um, but they're not though, that accurate though. Uh, they they are not accurate if you cut them down, but in full length form they oh, are. Oh, okay, accurate. right. So. I only tried shooting the the Mac left us some half length precise pro darts, and they did not shoot very well. Yeah, um, w- we were thinking that it would be similar enough in profile to the worker half lengths that mm-hmm. it would work well. But Cause, no, cause bueno. I actually cut those down. Oh, you did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but in full length form, they're pretty good, uh, and the glue on them is outstanding. Have you tried in the uh, FDL? Uh, I didn't. Be kind of interesting. I don't know if I did or not. I don't think I did. Hmm. Um, I think I cut them down too quickly. I got excited. <laughs> so, but the glue the glue on these heads is really good too. Hmm. So I would imagine that it would do pretty good in the FDL. Yeah, I think they're super cool. But I just got to tell you, my favorite dart is worker darts. Yeah, worker half lengths. No matter what, hands down, don't care what it is. Worker half lengths are just the greatest dart. I feel like it's the fo- something about the foam is nice. Yes, their glue is not great. Yeah, that's what I was gonna um, say. I wish the glue. Would but I went ahead and better. bought uh, Gen ones because of the better glue. I bought a couple hundred of those, and it's a it's a disappointment because they don't shoot uh, to the same FPS as some of the other ones. I guess the diameter of the foam is a little bit smaller or a little bit bigger or one or the other. But uh, they don't shoot quite as well as the Gen twos do out of some systems that I have or that I have tried. I know for sure these don't shoot as well out of a brass uh, brass sledge fire. Definitely not. So like a 17, 30 seconds brass sledge fire. No, uh, no point. I mean, they're fine, but like not as good as a Gen 2 did. Mm-hmm. Um, See, I only have Gen 2s. Yeah. Gen 2 is is my personal favorite just because I like the color green and that's it. Well, so. the white one and I have Gen them. 2 as well, right? They are, yeah. yeah. Yellow is Gen 1. Yeah, I have white ones. I have a bunch. I'm going to shoot them for competitive, and they will be, you know, heads blown off, thrown in the trash. It'll be okay until they're gone, and then I'll restock with Gen 2s and just deal with it. Because the other thing, when you shoot the Gen 2s, heads still make tags. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the, the heads shoot pretty straight, even and if the, the foam blows off. My general experience is you only really blow the heads off consistently if you're hitting a hard surface close by. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's getting some distance and, and slowing down a little bit, I don't typically blow heads off at all i i disagree i mean i don't completely disagree but i i feel like i lost a lot of heads i don't feel like i know i lost a lot of heads in parkours when we were shooting outside they were blowing heads off which was not great and for competitive that's the other thing that i've got a really gonna have a deep 
like a soul searching moment on this because when the heads come off, that means that your dart may not have been actually that useful or made a tag. And when you only have 50 darts to work with, it might be a waste. Hmm. You know, maybe I put a little extra glue into the back of the dart so it holds in. There you go. I don't know. That'd be kind of weird, but do what I you got to do. I wonder if I can dial the caliber in to use half length Adventure Force waffles. Hmm. I don't know. But <laughs> worker darts, personal favorite. They The diameter of the foam is such that it, the foam is what touches the walls of the barrel, so the head doesn't induce any drag, which is great because the head is, the head is uh, smaller than the outer diameter of the foam. Awesome design. It's set out a little bit, which they said, workers said, is because it makes it easier to cut the foam or to glue or something like that. Also, now I don't remember. So. It, it makes it whistle. <laughs> they do they do go whistle and that's one of the other cool things they go now i'm holding in my hand a knockoff men gun dart you know, yeah what does that even mean so the actual men gun ones are tapered a little bit more up at the tip mm-hmm. and i am told and i have some and i cut down and i just haven't tested it yet but I, i'm told that the genuine men guns cut down to half links are almost as good as the worker darts. Okay. I haven't had a chance to test it. Yet. Where does one get a men gun dart from? Uh, An, a genuine. I think Light Take and um, NF Strike carry them. I'd have to check. So they make knockoffs of knockoff darts? I don't know if the men gun are <laughs> knockoffs of, in and of themselves of the, of the Connect ones that came out a while ago, or if that's their own design and it just happens to be similar enough to the the connect yeah right so. then and then the adventure force is is a sort of a combination of that and a waffle tip yep yep yeah right and then what do we have suction cups yeah what what does sam call those uh uscs i think oh yeah oh i forget he told me the acronym one time and i was like oh that makes sense now i don't remember universal suction cup i think sure i don't know he he loves the uscs and especially I mean, for his uh, his uh, what is it the um, the pump XBZ long shot no the the lever action Sentinel his, his oh. uh, what do they what do they call him the uh, Sentinel the Union VGS oh. the, the Van Van James Sentinel special okay <laughs> yeah he Sam loves these he 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 buys them and continues to buy them and uses them to good effect. I mean, I guess they work, but they don't work great at high speeds, a high FPS, right? So what he does for for NIC grade is he cuts the suction part off and lines it with felt. Oh, that's how he makes those. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That looks he, they're they're cut down to short length, and he takes the suction cup off, and puts felt there. I I've totally you know seen those. I've actually been on Sam's team most times we played uh, NIC games. Yeah. So, so I haven't been shot done. by them, but and then. I know there's a few guys that still use these, and these are the old school. Poosh. Uh, yeah. Old, this is like the original, we're going to get something better than the Elite Darts dart. And for you used to only be able to get them on uh, eBay. Why is that? Do you know? I think that's just the, the people who were getting them made. That's the only huh. place they sold. But I'm pretty sure that uh, Ray Squad and Ekind offer koosh tips now but so just to paint the picture in your mind it looks like it's got little tentacles growing out of the tip like short two mil two millimeter long tentacles all over the tip that head straight out yeah sort of like what koosh used to do when they had you remember koosh balls and they were like the little 
they were rubberized and they were yeah. a bunch of little strings of rubber all banded together and yep hence the hence the name Kushtert. yeah now the thing about these is though they are a little bit shorter no yeah so <coughs> they would have trouble feeding thank you in flywheel blasters so the worker extended pusher was designed because these were a thing in the hobby so I opened up my um, I opened up Michelle's desolator the other day to install the worker extended pusher. Yep. And believe it or not, the stock pusher in the desolator was the same length. Hmm. And I said, why is this a thing? It's the strife pusher is not as long. I haven't tried it against the strife pusher, but I opened up the desolator and I was like, this is longer. I don't understand what's going on. Why is this a thing? Yeah, and honestly, the X shot. Darts are even shorter than the Kushan. Yeah, I didn't try it against the Strife because I have an elongated pusher in my Strife mm-hmm. that I haven't brought to Wars yet. But hmm, is it the hybrid that'll handle short lengths? No, no, it's just short length only. Uh, oh, okay. Yep, short length only, short length uh, Magwell, uh, and then it's got one of my prototype things that I was testing in it. I am still testing in it mm-hmm. for helping you organize your cables. Ooh, yeah. And make other things possible. Cable, within. cable management in a strife is is big. Yes, it's it's nice. So, anywho, that's a and then X shot is shorter, as you just mentioned right there. Yeah, almost too short. We we had a discussion about megas last week. I just want to do like quick quick hits for covering all the darts. If someone wanted to know about the different dart types, um, mega when it comes to mega darts. The stock megas, the whistlers, they're pretty. They're pretty darn inaccurate. Um, they have just like Nerf Elite versus the Nerf um, Elite vinyl tips that are like knockoffs called Voberries. Um, the the original Nerf Mega darts have a little bit softer material that they use for the head of the darts. It's like a paler shade of orange than the knockoffs, which are a very vibrant orange. And they both have a tendency to just veer wildly off of where you're going i think that the glue job on the the genuine megas is better than the knockoffs yes for sure big time yeah 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 when it comes to megas it seems like nerf does a decent job with the megas because if you compare the sort of the upgrade the the off-brand the accu strike versus the nerf accu strike so the accu the mega accu fake versus the nerf accu strike mega dart um i can't say enough good things about the actual nerf brand accustrike dart i put them in a mastodon and i put them in a centurion and a big shock i think it was and they it shoots amazingly it shoots exactly it doesn't shoot far but it shoots accurately left to right wherever I, you're aiming it I repeatedly felt, i felt like the range decrease was not proportional to the accustrike elite dart like the range you lose going from a regular mega dart to the AccuStrike mega dart mm-hmm. yeah. was not proportional going from the elite dart to the. In AccuStrike. what way? Which one had more of a drop? Uh, the mega lost more range going from the regular to sure. the, okay. the AccuStrike. Yeah. Uh, that may just be because of the mass of the head. I'm not sure. And then you stick the, the AccuFake dart in there and it's super front heavy. It doesn't. It's not as accurate left to right, as you could say, as a AccuStrike, official AccuStrike dart. But it is better than a stock um, Accu Meg, Nerf Mega dart. Oh man, that's tough now, to say. The, All those acronyms. The Mega AccuFakes, I think, actually came out before 
the they did the knockoffs were out first yeah. <laughs> and and that's so funny obviously just because they copied the design of the elite AccuStrike and scaled it up right yeah. yeah yeah I thought that was so funny they came out with those before Nerf actually came out it's so weird <laughs> yeah so that's most of the dart types um, I think where did we miss any oh rival yeah we want to talk about rival. Just do a do a quick rival overview. So I love adventure force balls. Yeah. <laughs> Dart zone. Missed opportunity. Yeah. Missed opportunity. The adventure force the adventure force balls are awesome. They are, I think, better than the nerf balls and more consistent. And cheaper. And cheaper. Sort of like adventure force waffles are a better dart than yes. a nerf dart. Absolutely. The actual nerf branded ammo is really actually very good. Um, there's, it's quite good. In fact, the, if you can find it on sale, buy the nerf ammo all day long. Headshot is way too inconsistent and just, oh, ugh, not great. I don't know. I have some of it because it comes in fun colors that aren't, you know, that aren't yellow, but really the, the headshot has such a wide range of, uh, quality that it's just buy it. If you need, buy it, if you need to, if you're shooting a lot of it, but man, don't trust it. Don't rely on it. The uh, little Valentine stuff is even worse. I haven't ever bought that because I heard it was really bad. Yeah, I have one. You ever yeah, bought that, Connor? No, that's the one Valentine thing I don't get. It's the rivals. Yeah, I do the headshot. Um, waiting for a sale on Nerf to like really replace all of them because I have to buy a lot of rounds. Now you don't club. replace the rival rounds nearly as much as you do your regular darts, no. though, right? No. Yeah, these hold up a lot better. They I, do. Yeah, I would imagine do. you only replace them when they walk out. <laughs> yeah, people. Yeah, yeah pocket them or. Um, or if a don't empty their hoppers. Or if a, yeah, or if a round uh, just looks dirty, I'll just yeah. toss it. Yeah, it's so. probably a good thing to do. Um, yeah, how, cool. How often do you clean out between your uh, tower and your wall? <laughs> oh, all, all I water. haven't in a while. There's, I got There's a bunch. Back there's there. a lot. Yeah, there's probably a whole fresh batch of. I, I was everything. looking in there because Buff Daddy was using Vortex discs at uh, Z13. I, oh, I was, I, I was wondering who was using those. I was looking around to see if I could find one just to put on the table. I never saw these. him use those, and I have no experience, so I can't even talk about them. I, I never saw him actually shoot them anywhere. They they move a lot slower. They kind of float. Yeah. And coast. Yeah. But they're spinning while they're doing it. So if you if you get a wall you get a good ricochet. Mm -hmm. And if you get familiar enough that you understand how it's going to work, it's like playing pool. You know, <laughs> you, you can actually use the ricochet to great effect and get tags that way. That's pretty cool. You could, I could see that being so useful when we play in the hallways. Yeah. Making a corner bounce on someone. That would be awesome. Yeah. So, all right. Good deal. You want to give any shout outs, you guys, anybody want to want to throw it up for? Nobody this week. Yeah, I got, nothing. I, got uh, nothing. I would like to shout out the Dark Club team, especially Matt for stepping oh, yeah. up on Saturday for open play. Open play was mm -hmm. steady the whole time. Maybe like a group left and a group showed up like one minute later. Wow. So he didn't get a whole lot of rest. We would have given it to him, but it was just a ton of groups. So yikes. He uh, stepped up. So big shout out to him. Actually, I do want to shout out the SDNC at large. Um, because we had to change the format for Z13 a little bit um, mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. reduce the impact to the Dark Club because we were starting to have an impact on the business, which we don't want to do because you're such a great resource to us at, in the club. Um, and 
they didn't bat an eye at the changes. Yeah, and, I'd like and to shout them out too. Yeah. It, I'm so. really, yeah. I, I was very proud of them. I was worried. <laughs> I <laughs> really was. <laughs> so I'm, yeah, I'm pretty happy about. Yeah. Just, just goes just to show continued how, fi- positive feedback. Yeah. I like that. Just yeah. goes to show how great a community the nerfing community is. Oh, agreed. Yeah, pretty good people. I'm gonna go ahead and shout out Aldos. Um, hopefully, he can correct us on the proper way to pronounce that Aldos. Aldos, and uh, just because we tried some uh, live streaming, and uh, he's the pro with that, so he gave some feedback after the fact. Uh, you might hear more from him soon. He is a great resource, and he provides great quality content uh, on a regular basis. So you should definitely check out his channel. Um, If nothing else, play it in the background, and if you hear something cool happen, like go ahead and rewind it and watch it. But, you know, his live stream content is excellent. So if you ever want to catch it, if you're ever not nerfing or working on a project, throw it up in the background, watch the different games they play, because they have a lot of... Their games are completely different than anything I've seen. Sam, our, you know, SDNC outdoor game organizer and uh or tim organized before really unique game types that i i thought were fascinating really good stuff so check him out and for this week uh, i think we're gonna sign off hope you guys enjoyed your dart topics let us know if you have any further questions and go ahead and uh, send any listener questions to us we will answer them i don't think we've gotten any since the last one so send them our way we'll uh happily answer them on air in the future So don't forget to follow us on Instagram because we're going to post regular pictures of projects and behind-the-scenes content, including the darts and things we've been talking about today, like the birthday cake. Uh, Leave some feedback. Let us know how we're doing. For Connor, Tim, which is Connor and Tim, this is Eric, and we'll see you in the next episode. Take care, guys.